Hey guys, welcome to the weekly podcast of Encounter Church, Sedalia, Missouri. It's our prayer that this message is a blessing and an encouragement to your life. If you want more information about Encounter Church, please go to our website, EncounterChurch.ag. Thanks again. Enjoy the message. John Jacobs is the founder of the Strength Evangelism Concept and the Power Team, now called the Next Generation Power Force. He has held over 3,000 crusades in 40 countries. They range from a bullfighting ring in Venezuela to record numbers in Moscow, Russia. His team has held over 30,000 public school assemblies in the U.S. alone, where he frequently uh, frequented many of the world's largest churches like Potter's House with T.D. Jakes and Lakewood Church with Joel Olstein. He has been featured on CNN, People's Magazine, and almost every major network. John had a worldwide weekly television show that ran for 15 years. 20 years ago, Chuck Norris attended one of John's crusades where he accepted Christ. I feel like I need some sort of Chuck Norris joke like Chuck Norris fought Satan and Satan lost because of Jesus or something like that. As a result, CBS did an entire episode of Walker, Texas Ranger, featuring John and his team. Since the beginning of his ministry, John has seen over a million people come to know Christ through the Crusades. The last and most important factor, John has a passion for seeing the lost saved, the broken healed, and the depressed encouraged, while Christ getting all the credit. Would you put an Encounter Church welcome together for John Jacobs and Next Generation Power Force. Thank you, brother. Thank you, my friend. Praise the Lord. I want to tell you, I go to churches all over the world, but I am so impressed with your pastor. First of all, by your Christ-like spirit, your humility, but this is one of the most talented guys. I'm going to tell you, you've got a, an amazing pastor. And you know what? I, I feel something big's coming for this church. I said, I feel something big is coming for this church. Come on, somebody. Well, I want to tell you, I, I love Missouri. Um, I, you know, I used to live in um, Georgia. They said they were the friendliest state in America. I lived in Texas. If you're born in Texas, you're born bad of the bone. But now, my son's on a scholarship in Kansas City for playing college football, and I, the last two years, I've lived in Kansas City, and I want to tell you, I have absolutely fallen in love with and thank the best people in the world are Missouri people. My favorite place is um, Lake of the Ozarks, and we've, we've held crusades all around the lake, and in the last six weeks, we've had over 800 people come to Jesus. And I want to tell you, I'm, I'm a big fisherman, hunter, outdoorsman, and I, I just, I love the people here. So I want to tell you, I couldn't be in a better place uh, with a better pastor and a nicer church. Come on, someone say amen. Come on. But pastor, pastor, you need to work on your organization a little bit. No, that, this guy makes me feel disorganized. I'm going to tell you, I appreciate what a class act this church and how you lead and you demonstrate leadership. But I want to say tonight, I'm believing it's worth coming just to see who comes to church. I believe God wants to shock us and shake us up. Come on, somebody. You know what? I, um, I've been doing this for over 40 years. I started when I was 17. 
but I've never seen what we've been seeing the last two years. Every single week for two years, we've seen people get saved that influenced the whole county. Um, a, a while back, a man came forward and got saved, and he had the most vulgar t-shirt I've ever seen. His hair was wild, but he was crying, accepting Jesus. And I went down and talked to him. You know what he whispers in my ear? I've robbed two banks. He's a modern-day bank robber. He had seen one of our posters or something, and he got saved. And so I didn't know what to say to him. It caught me by surprise. I said, well, I said, I want you to invite every criminal you know for tomorrow night's service. The next night, he walked in that church in West Texas with 19 men. You know who they were? The leading crystal meth dealers in that county. All 19 men got saved. And, and two weeks later, the sheriff calls me. And you know what the sheriff tells me? Your meeting changed the atmosphere of the county. Now, how many of you think tonight we don't need just another church service? We don't need just another get-together. We need a God happening that changes something. Come on, somebody. And uh, every week we, um, we saw two girls in a school. We were in a high school. I want to tell you, we are missionaries. Because we, go, we spend much of our time in the public schools of America. And I believe America's public school right now is one of the greatest mission fields on the world, in the world. Come on. When teachers, when teachers and principals are wearing bulletproof vests, how many of you know something is bad wrong? And when I meet two girls that tell me they're going to cut their wrists, they already made a suicide pact in a leading high school, and their mother showed them how to perform the cutting of the wrist. But you know what? That night, I looked down front, and people getting, coming to Jesus, there stood the two girls, because we invite the whole school and their parents and their mom, and they were all crying except in the Lord. I want to tell you, I want to give the devil the worst Sunday night he's ever had in Sedalia, Missouri. Come on, somebody. So, uh, and it's okay to have fun in church. God has given us a tool doing some of these feats of strength. Now, tonight will resemble, I got to warn you, a camp meeting, a revival meeting, and a move of the Holy Spirit. But God has given us a tool with the feats of strength to draw the community into the church. And he's anointed it as a bait. Now, if you go fishing, how many know you got you to use the right bait? And God has given us a bait to draw in the toughest, I mean the people you'd never dreamed you see in church. And for some reason, when God raises something up, he causes it to work. And so um, I, brought, I've been, I brought two. I've had guys that played running back for the Dallas Cowboys. I've had the, some of the top NFL guys. I've had people from every, world's strongest men that bench world records. But my two favorite guys of 40 years are here today. And I brought the best. And these two guys, one of them played for the Chicago Bears. He stands 6'6", 360 pounds. He blows up a hot water bottle with one hand till it explodes. He snaps bats over his head. With one flex of his chest, he explodes three two-by-fours. And he loves Jesus with all of his heart. And I want you to meet one of the top school speakers in America and preachers, Jerome King. Come up here, Jerome. And the other man, Steve Carrier, 
is in the Guinness Book of World Records snapping 50 bats in 50 seconds. This man, um, he, he, may, he won several episodes of America's Got Talent. He's been on the Steve Harvey Show. He's been on um, the Guinness Book of Wide World of Sports. But his testimony, I want to tell you, his testimony, you'll never be the same when you hear it. He was born a cripple. The doctor told his parents that he would never take one step. But he became the number one track star in high school and got a scholarship to Arkansas University because of his basketball and track. How God can take a setback story and turn it into a comeback story. How many of you believe God finds pleasure in turning your setback stories into comeback stories? Six foot three, three, uh, 250 pounds. Come up here, Steve. Can you share some of that tonight? Yeah, we can, and, we, and we're going to pray over everybody. You're going to crush the wall of concrete. We're going to snap the handcuffs. And uh, I want to ask you real quickly, every one of you, my favorite Missouri people, and I'm not joking, would you call five people this afternoon? There's something that moves God when a church pulls together for souls. How many of you know it's God's heartbeat is for souls? How many of you know Jesus died for the world, for God so loved the world? And I want to tell you, all the angels in heaven shout over one sinner that repents. So I want to ask all of you, um, young, you're old. I, we, we saw last week probably that they said the, probably the toughest man in that town gets saved. But I want to ask all of you, will you make some kind of effort to call some people? Even if they don't come, I mean, no, that's up to the Holy Spirit. God will honor you for making the effort. And I really believe if every one of you awesome people would pull together this afternoon, I think God would show up tonight and we'd have a God happening that none of us. How many of you are ready to go to the next level in God? Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. So be here early for a seat. But I got to say one more thing and then I'm going to share this real brief. Your pastor is also a lot of fun. You know, and I have to be honest, I thought you were a little older. And when I, I said, this guy's in good shape, he's young. So I have an idea for tonight. We can't normally do this. But I want you to see the size of his hand. This man's hand is like twice my size. He can squeeze an unopened soft drink can till it explodes. And then he started taking an unopened soft drink can and jumping up with tremendous power, force, and speed, he crushes it flat between his eyes. And the other month, I said, if everybody calls five people, I don't know what came over me in a church where the pastor was a real big guy. I said, Jerome is going to run across the stage and crush an unopened softening can between the pastor's eyes. And you know what? That church of 500 got 1,000 people. We had 304 people get saved, and it caused a shockwave for Jesus all over that county. So, Pastor, I, I should have asked you beforehand. I meant to. I really, meant, I really meant to. But not for me, and not just for the church folks, but for souls. I believe that one thing could draw this whole city. How many think that that might just draw this whole city in here? Come on, somebody. So, tonight... How, how's your arm? How's your arm? Uh, would, you, would you do it for souls? He said he'll do it. Come on, somebody. Okay, everybody. Please be here tonight, 6 o'clock. Bring, 
But I want to say I'm proud of those guys. When they go into a public school, you know, we do some of the feats of strength, press a 400-pound log. We pray over that school before anybody comes in. Holy Spirit, come. Angels, come. And we see hundreds of kids' lives saved every week. These young people come up to us and say, I'm not going to kill myself now. I'm not going to cut myself anymore. I, I, and God does a miracle. And every, the other day we got, um, before COVID, a, a, a football player had a gun in his pocket and said, I was going to kill myself in class today. He said, but now I'm not. Gave the gun to the coach. We prayed with him. And uh, this fall, the leading high school in America for teen suicide is in Missouri. Nine suicides in two months. And we're going to be in those schools this fall. So how many of you think that we are missionaries? We, they don't let preachers in the schools. And so how many of you think I'm in the right church this morning? Come on, somebody. I love this. I love your pastor in this church. Um, I want to share real briefly this morning. I, I'm not a long preacher, but I, I've, I've been praying about being here. And I'm, I want you to know I'm sincere in saying this. When I first talked to your pastor, I felt the Holy Spirit just kind of like say to me, this is, a, this is an unusual place. Something big's going to happen there. I get that little feeling once, maybe every year or two. But I, there's something, God's hand is on your pastor in this church. There's no doubt. And, and so I've been praying about being here today. And I've been asking God for the prophetic word to impart to you. And because I found if you get the right word with the right people at the right place at the right time, you can have a God happening that changes everything forever. And so this morning, I want to speak on how to draw God's favor into your life. People forget God has feeling. God has emotion. God even becomes motivated. And if you move him, he'll move the world for you. And there's something how you can live that will open heaven, turn on the spout where the glory comes out, and God cannot resist putting his favor on your life. The Bible says the doors God opens, no man can shut. God raises one up. God brings another down. How many of you believe promotion, it says, comes from the Lord? And I want to tell you, God can do more in five minutes than you could do working hard 50 years. So how many know if God's favor makes a surprise visit to your house, nothing is ever the same again? So this morning, I'm going to show you, and then I'm going to pray over you. And you know what I'm going to pray at the end of this service? That God's going to open a new season of his favor and his promotion over your family, your future, and your finances. And you know the word I got for this church is to pray over you a season of divine appointments. Everybody say divine appointments. God can put an anointing on, and all of a sudden, you're just at the right place at the right time, and things happen that your friends don't even believe. How did that happen? It's because God puts you at the right place at the right time with the right people. And I'm going to ask you to put up on the screen Mark chapter 14. I'm going to show you where Jesus paid the greatest compliment. The greatest compliment Jesus ever paid a human being. And I want to tell you this morning, when you pay somebody a compliment, 
First of all, they have to move you. Amen? If you were to pay somebody a great compliment, how many agree that person had to move you? Second of all, how many believe that person had to get your attention? How many agree with that? In this scripture, is Jesus pays the greatest compliment ever paid to a human being. This person so moved him, so got his attention, he announced the greatest compliment he ever paid a human being. And I want to tell you, you can live with an open heaven, with God's favor on your life like you've never seen it. And I want to show you how to open that window. It's in Mark chapter 14. I'm going to start reading with verse 3. It takes place in a city called Bethany at the house of Simon the leper. Simon is a leper that was healed, and his son is Lazarus that got Jesus raised from the dead. This is after he raised Lazarus from the dead. You know who his two daughters are? Martha and Mary. And they were the personal friends to Jesus. And they're having lunch, and the disciples are there, some visitors are there, and they're actually sitting at lunch. And I want to read you what happens. How many of you are ready to hear the greatest compliment Jesus ever paid a human being? Everybody better fasten your seatbelts and hang on. It's going to get powerful in this place. Mark chapter 14, verse 3. And being in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, he sat at the table, and a woman came having an alabaster flask, a bottle, a very expensive perfume, Olive Spikenard. She broke the bottle, or flask, and poured it on his head. Now I want to just picture this. They're all having lunch, the disciples, including Judas, Lazarus, Martha and Mary, all these, and there's some visitors there. And the Bible says this woman, she breaks open a bottle of perfume that's extremely expensive, and she pours it on the head of Jesus. Now, it's important for everyone to know it wasn't to make his head smell pretty. It was a symbol. Everybody say symbol. A symbol, you know what a symbol means? A message from the heart that's visible to help you understand what's in the heart. And she poured this extremely expensive bottle of perfume because she was sending him a message from her heart to his heart. Now watch what happens. And it says here, there were some there sitting at lunch, their meeting, that were indignant, which means resentful. There were some there that were resentful, indignant among themselves and said, why did she waste this expensive perfume, oil of spikenard? It could have been sold for more than 300 denarii. That's a year's wages. And we could have given the money to the poor. And they criticized, criticized her sharply. Can you believe that? I mean, this incredibly bold but sweet lady pours this perfume on Jesus' head to send him a symbol of a message from her heart. And these disciples and visitors, they become resentful? And they said, we could have given that money to the poor. And they 
criticized and scorned her. How many of you believe it doesn't matter who the crowd is you're around? If you step out to do something for God, how many think you're going to be gossiped about, you're going to be criticized, and people are going to resent you? How many of you know that's just the way it is? So don't panic because God says he'll hear it and bless you that much more, and he will shut the mouths of your criticizers. Now here it gets really powerful because one translation says, when Jesus got the message, he stood up. All of a sudden, the message that she sent from her heart that meant Jesus got the message. And he stood up. Look what he says. He says, let her alone. Why do you trouble her? She's done a good work for me. For you have the poor with you always. And you may help them anytime you wish to do them good. But you don't always have me. He's physically speaking. You know what he's saying? I'm only going to be here at this one spot, this one time, because he was still limited by his human body. But this woman seized her moment. She didn't miss her moment. You can help the poor anytime you want. But this was her moment. How many of you believe that you're here for more than to take up space and breathe oxygen? How many know God knows how many hairs are on your head? And how many of you believe, ladies and gentlemen, God's put you here for a reason and a purpose. We have all of eternity to sing and shout in heaven, but this is our moment. Nobody can influence and reach the same people you can. Nobody has your fingerprint, retina print, tongue print. Nobody can impact this world the way you can. How many know God only made one of you and there's only one of you will ever be? Come on, somebody. How many know you're on this earth for your moment? She didn't miss a moment. All right, here it comes. She has done what she could. What what does that mean? She did what she could. You know why? Because when he got the message, you know what the bottle of perfume meant? This perfume represents my life and the best of my life. Whatever I can do for you, I recognize you as the son of God. And I pour my life to you. I'll do whatever I can to honor you. That was her message. That's what the symbol meant. And when Jesus said she did what she could, you know what? That means everybody in here has a bottle of perfume. How many believe everybody in here can do something for God? Am I right? You know what I believe? This may be strange, but I believe everybody should be involved in their church in some way. I I think every one of you should be doing something with the gifts and talents that you have inside you. How many of you know that moves God? That pulls on his favor. He, He said he'll increase them if you do it. Now here it comes. She has come beforehand to anoint my body for the burial. In verse 9. Verse 9. How many are ready for the greatest compliment Jesus ever paid a human being? She must have his attention. Everybody say she has his attention. Everybody say she moved him. And watch what he says. Surely I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, 
How many know gospel means Jesus' story? So wherever they tell my story in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told of her in memory and as a memorial to her. I didn't understand what I but then it hit me. He's saying, wherever they tell my story, I'm going to tell her story. In memory and as a memorial to her, which means she is going to be one of my stories that I will brag on forever. How many believe it doesn't get any bigger than that? Come on, somebody. How many of you know that's a lot bigger deal than becoming the president? Is for God to say, for God to say, you're going to be one of my stories that I'm going to tell everybody forever in memory of you. How many would like to be in that group? How many of you want God to give you a story? How many of you want God to put you at the right place at the right time to give you a story that he would brag on forever? Come on. How many know that's the greatest achievement you could ever make? Ladies and gentlemen, she did what she could. You know what I've learned? If you do what you can with what you have where you are, God will increase what you have, and he won't leave you where you are. A little grandma at a church the other Sunday morning, she had a church greeter, but these little grandmas were greeting people for the church. She fixed my coffee. She wouldn't let me put the cream and sugar. And um, I had a cup of your great coffee this morning. If I'm talking fast, that's why. But uh, she, uh, she, uh, she made the coffee, and I said, man, this is a ministry you have, greeting people for the church. And she got embarrassed and shy. She goes, nothing like you, John Jacobs. You lead millions of people to Jesus. And on the spot, you know what God's put in my heart to tell her? I said, ma'am, it's the same to God. How many of you are glad God does not compare us? How many of you are glad God doesn't measure what you do against anybody else? You know what matters to God? Is you do what you can with what you have where you are. I'm going to close with this, but you know why I love this story so much? I, this is my story. It's my story. I uh, was born in New Orleans, and I got saved in Indiana when I was nine years old. And when I got saved, and I turned 13, I wanted to do something for God. How many of you know that's one of the proofs that you're saved? that you should want to do something for God. And so at, at 13, you know what I did in my church? I went out for the youth choir. And my buddy goes, but you failed at seven instruments in grade school. How many of you think if you fail at seven instruments, it's not a good thing when you're tone deaf? My buddy goes, if you can't sing good, sing loud. So I just did. And after two weeks, the youth pastor came to me and said, we want you to get involved in another ministry. So you know what I did in my church? I started working. My church was a big church, and we had a special ministry to the mentally handicapped. These were adults. They had the minds of children. And we rode two buses, picked up about 80 to 100, 
and we had a special service for them in a chapel and I did that for three years you know why it's because what I could do for God I said it's because what I could do you see what matters to God is you do what you can because after that they had me teach Sunday school at 16 now I'm like the second strongest teenager in America and we went from 50 kids to one morning we had 240 when I swallowed a live goldfish now, I'll, I'll tell that story second service but after that I went I wanted to win my high school to Jesus 3,000 kids and now I'm the second strongest teenager in America I'm this big guy and I wanted to show that big guys can live for Jesus and guess who my church has in the world's strongest man and he comes to my high school and a lot of my high school wouldn't listen to anybody they'd be out back smoking but when he got under a table and he lifted 10 people, every kid was there and they hung on every word he said. He said, come back tonight to the church, my church. And guess what? Half my football team got saved. But six months later, my church had a karate guy. He cut a watermelon off the pastor's chest with a sword, blindfolded. How many think he's getting off easy tonight? Come on. And uh, guess what? Hey, everybody. But he broke a stack of bricks, and he spoke to my school, and every, and then he said, come back tonight. And the other half of my football team got saved. And, and now I'm this strong, big guy, and I can lift more weight than anybody else. And, and I see on TV this world strong man rip a phone book in two. And I see another world strong man, he um, bends a horseshoe, and he also blows up a hot water bottle and shakes up a whole halftime crowd. I thought I could do that. So I took two of the football team that got saved. And the summer before my senior year, we started doing crusades in country churches. And I'd rip a phone book, one of them blew up a hot water bottle, and we broke one stack of bricks as a tool to get friends to church. We had people saved at all 17 crusades that summer. And then I went to Bible college. They put me on the 700 club. And now a detective taught me how to break handcuffs. And I go to prisons now, because now I'm this really big, strong guy, and I would snap handcuffs, and the whole prison would come. Not just a little Bible study, but the whole prison. And when I break the handcuffs, almost all of them would get saved. And I got so excited, I remember selling my spare tire for $25 to go to one more prison. But then, Worldwide Christian TV said, John Jacobs, we want you to come and preach and break handcuffs at our big, giant, worldwide TV crusade. I said, okay, I'll, I'd love to. And you know what happened? When I broke the handcuffs and preached, I guess it caught so many people's attention around the world. They said, we want to do a weekly TV show with you. And they, we want to run it three times a week of the highlights of your meetings. And we're going to open, and we're going to show them in over 100 countries around the world every week. We had 85,000 a night in Moscow, Russia. We had 60,000 a night in the bullfighting rink in Caracas, Venezuela. They just told me the other day, I didn't know this, we still hold the record for the biggest crowd in the history of the Kansas City Coliseum. And you know something? 20 years ago, we were in Dallas, Texas at a big church. And 
my guys say, look who came forward to get saved. It's Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris, the karate guy, was, he came forward to get saved. The next night, his family got saved. We became good friends. And we went on vacation together. We're still good friends to this day. And you know what he says to me? We want to do a whole Walker, Texas Ranger show featuring you and your team and show how it changes the whole school. I said, great. It's called The Principal. And the whole show was about how it had me speaking, doing the feats with all my guys, and it showed how it changed the roughest school in America. Radically changed it. And they said it was the number one responded to all the Walker, Texas Ranger shows. And Chuck Norris called me last year. And you know what Chuck Norris told me? He goes, by the way, do you know they've shown that show hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of reruns around the world? He said, John Jacobs, probably one billion people have heard your story, have heard your story, and have seen your life's impact. Then it hit me. You know, you know all I am? I was just a 13-year-old kid that wanted to do what I could for God. How many of you know God just needs a little bit to do a whole lot? Come on, somebody. I said, come on, somebody. How many believe everybody in here has a little bit? Come on. So this morning, I want to challenge all of you that God puts you here with a purpose and a plan and that you've been ordained to be here. You're a big deal to heaven. There's never been anybody like you. Nobody can do what you could do for God. When she poured that bottle of perfume, she the message in my heart was, whatever I can, whatever whoever I am, I dedicate it to you. And when he got the message, he stood up and said, don't criticize her. God himself said, stop it. I call her great. She's done what she could. And wherever they tell my story, I'm going to tell her story in memory and as a memorial to her. You know, I'm going to pray over every one of you in a minute. Before the end of this year, God is going to give you a story. How many of you want an anointing for divine appointments? Come on. How many of you want to open a new season of God's favor over your finances, your family, and your future? Come on. Come on, somebody. How many believe that what God's invested in you is a big deal to him? Come on. I'm going to pray. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? I want to lead everybody in here in a prayer. Everybody say this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, here I am. Not just part of me, but all of me. I surrender all to you. My gifts and my talents, every day of my life, I want to live for you. So here I am, Jesus, committed to you. I receive a new anointing today. I receive a new season of God's favor over my family, over my future, over my finances. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, I receive an anointing for divine appointments, divine surprises. Put me at the right place at the right time. And Lord God Almighty, give me a story. 
that would honor and glorify you. Give me a story. Give me a story. Put me at the right place at the right time. In the name of Jesus, amen. Let's raise both hands and thank God right now. Come on, everybody. God, I thank you for your favor. I thank you for your grace. I impart the gift of faith to every person in this church. I impart the gift of faith. Faith to believe that they're a person of destiny. Faith to believe that you're going to honor them with favor and success. Faith to believe you're going to turn every setback story into a comeback story this year. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name.